1: Hey everybody, this is Tara Lynn, and I am going to be talking about processing fear today. However, first, I'm going to give you my high five, which is, it kind of goes along with the concept of fear, and that is Halloween is upon us. And we have started on the Halloween traditions, and last night we had our little family, I just call it the witches' dinner, where I dress up like a witch, and I make a menu of um you know, different like witchy sounding things and they don't know what it is and they have to order what it is and I bring it out. So like, for example, they might get just the lettuce, but nothing else because they didn't know to ask for what, what goes with it. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of laughing and I cackle a lot and I hold a spatula and I pretend like I'm going to like punish them if they complain or anything. Anyway. There's a lot of laughing and we always have a, a cackling contest at the end, which is probably my favorite part of the whole thing so anyway my it's my high five it's super fun and my idea for you is if you guys want to do something fun as a family I mean you can do the full dinner obviously but if you want to do something really easy that's just super fun is you have a just a cackling contest so at dinner you just sit around the table and you just say who can do the best which is cackle and it's so cute to see what they all do you know what I mean it's just so fun and everybody laughs really hard and it's great So let's dive into the subject at hand. So every month when I teach my yoga class, I decide on an internal theme. So we'll deep dive into something emotional or psychological, kind of do some deep work while we're at it. And it's interesting because oftentimes these topics, it's almost like they choose themselves. As I'm like praying about it and trying to decide what it is, there's a lot of times it is just really clear what it needs to be. And that's how it was for this month of October for me. I knew way ahead of time that we needed to address fear this month. And so it's been interesting because I have been taking now every Friday when I teach this class, I have been taking a fear and processing it, like actually facing it head on, and processing it. So today what I'm gonna do is I'm going to walk you and I've had some students have some really amazing breakthroughs and I've had some breakthroughs myself. So today what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share with you kind of what that looks like to just deep dive into fear and to really process it. And I'm gonna give you several different tools and tips to do that. And then I'm actually also going to post a separate small episode that's like a guided, kind of like a guided meditation that if you just want to pop it on you can do it as many times as you want with different fears. And it's been really helpful to me. So so first of all, let's just talk a little bit about fear and why is it worth actually facing it and spending our energy processing it. So you guys, first of all, you... I mean, you guys hear us talk all the time about emotions. I believe that emotions are like toddlers... As in that, if you just ignore them completely, they might get a lot louder. In fact, oftentimes they do get a lot louder. There's, I mean, there's an entire book called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die that is devoted to the concept that if we push down our emotions, they don't die. They just stay there. They might be covered up by things, but they just stay there. In my own personal experience, if I try to not, if I try to tamp down my feelings, and I don't allow myself to actually process them. Uh, that can lead to them bubbling out later in unintended ways. Or sometimes it affects us physically. Or um, there's just all sorts of different downsides to holding in our emotions and not processing them. And just like a toddler, sometimes when your toddler's feeling something, all that is required is that you get down to their level and say, I see you you are not required to solve the problem for them. You're not required to take away the emotion for them. Your job is simply to witness them with compassion, right? And we talk about that over and over and over with our children. But in my experience, this works really, really well with emotions as well. So fear specifically, I think, is one of those emotions that I think is universal, I think it's part of being alive. So, I mean, I don't think I've ever met somebody who said that they've never felt fear. And there probably is, I don't know, there's probably somebody out there. But for me, fear is part of this life. So the question is, though, fear, I mean, so the good thing about fear is, for me, it's a little signal of, I am alive, right? If I'm feeling afraid, it means I'm alive. So that's a good thing. We can change. There's a few things we can do to reframe the concept of feeling fear. But the other thing fear can do for us is it can teach us a lot about ourselves, which allows us to process it, which I think is a really, really beautiful thing. So first, let's clarify two different kinds of fear. The first kind of fear is not the one I'm going to be talking about today. And that is the kind that's in The Gift of Fear. It's a book by, oh man, what's his name? I'll post it. I just lost his name in my mind. Um, but I'll post it in our show notes, along with any other book I mentioned here, but it's the concept of sometimes we have a feeling of fear that is warning us about danger, and that's not the kind of fear I'm going to talk about today um that's the kind of fear that for me is actually really, really rare. you know, maybe you come across somebody in your life in your daily life that means you harm they're a criminal of some kind and they're about to attack you and you get that feeling of don't let them into your house. You know, don't take them off on their offer. Don't get close to their car. Don't, you know, there's all sorts of little um, intuitive whisperings that we have that's a warning. And that kind of fear, to be very clear, I think is important to honor and heed, right? That kind of fear is a kind of fear that keeps us safe. In my experience, though, that is a very, very, very rare and I guess it depends on where you live, actually, probably, and your personal experience every day, honestly. So, um, so, but that kind of fear where it's like, this is an immediate danger, there's a fear that's come up, don't do that thing because it's an actual warning. That kind of fear, I think, is good to heed. Also, ooh, uh, a way that I feel that fear more often, and when I say more often, it's probably still, I don't know, only a few times a year. I will feel it sometimes when I'm about I do a lot of <laughs> I do a lot of dangerous things that have risks. I I do advanced acrobatic skills. I ski, I go boating, I do jumps. I I mean so there's, you know, I I hike a lot in the mountains and So all these activities are activities that come with risk, right? And there have been a few times where I have, before an injury specifically, where I have had that little whisper of fear. And there's a difference between the kind of fear that you feel and then you do it anyway, which is 99% of the fear I feel. Like I feel a fear and it's not the kind that's helpful for me. It's just the kind that cripples me. And I still choose to do the thing anyway with the fear, right? Do the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway however there are times where i feel that little whispering of a warning like you're too tired you should be done and every time i've ever gotten hurt i've had that little warning ahead of time and i have not listened to it so that kind of fear i think is really important that kind of it's kind of like a uh and i think i think you understand it more by practicing it but it's for me it's kind of like a feeling of for me it's actually ego that keeps me that pushes me into it not a desire to live my best life it's just ego like no oh my gosh no I can still do it I'm not too tired you know or um there's been a couple times in the mountains where I've had a distinct feeling of you know it's time to turn around and go home or go down this path instead of this path and that kind of that kind of warning for me it comes from God and I think that's important to listen to So that kind of fear, a distinct warning of don't do this thing. Although I think it is very, again, for me, it's very rare. That kind is worth listening to. And then you just let it go, right? Because you don't know why you were told not to. You just let it go. But that is an important thing to listen to. And if you want more information about that kind of fear, you can read The Gift of Fear by, I want to say it's like, Decker, last name, Bedecker, something like that. Anyway, I'll post it. Okay, so that kind of fear, let's put that out of the way. It's not very frequent, again, probably depending on where you live. Uh, But for me, again, in my life, over 99% of the fear I fear that I feel is in this next category of fear. And this is the kind of fear that we're going to process, okay? So again, that really rare, very specific warning, let's listen to that. But the rest of the fear that we feel in life is... I mean, it's so common and it's just there and it's just crippling us and it just keeps us back from living our lives. And that's the kind of fear I'm really going to dive deep into today is that kind of fear. The kind of fear that keeps us from living our lives fully. It keeps us from being in the present moment. It keeps us from loving deeply. It keeps us from all sorts of things that this life has to offer us. So first of all, I'm going to share with you something by one of my favorite, he's a He's a wonderful, fabulous teacher about being present, and his name is Thich Nhat Hanh. I've mentioned to him before, this quote comes from his book, The Essential Wisdom for Getting Through the Storm. It's actually called Fear is the, the name of it, and then the subtitle of, of it is Essential Wisdom for Getting Through the Storm. So his word says, His words are the only way to ease our fear and be truly happy is to acknowledge our fear and look deeply at its source. Instead of trying to escape from our fear, we can invite it up to our awareness and can look at it clearly and deeply. So again, the only way to ease our fear and be truly happy is to acknowledge our fear and look deeply at its source. Instead of trying to escape from our fear, we can invite it up to our awareness and look at it clearly and deeply. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to learn what it feels like to lift up our fear and kind of like I picture we're picking up an object and we're just looking around it. Actually, a more accurate metaphor for me is the fear is a shape inside of a balloon. (laughs) This works for me when I'm processing any emotion. And for me, thought work is me picking up the balloon and feeling around it to see if I can feel the shape of it. So it's giving me clarity and it's giving me the ability to see it clearly, right? So let's talk about, let's just walk through the process of this. So if we look at our fear, there's a couple of questions I'd like to ask ourselves. So right now, I actually want you to think of a fear A common fear. So for me, I'm going to use, and actually, you can do this when you do the actual thought work guided meditation I'm gonna walk you through. But you're gonna think about your fear. Along it could be a long standing fear or it could be a fear that has just come up for you. So it can be really recent or it can be one that you've had for a really, really long time. For me, I'm going to use the fear of something happening to my kids, right? It's a fear. That I've had for exactly 13 years. Well, actually, 13 years and nine months. (laughs) That's how old my oldest daughter is. And it's something that came into my life then, right? That fear. So, if I'm going to look deeply at this fear, it's gonna sound like this. I'm gonna ask myself the question. First, I identify the fear and I give it a name the fear of something negative happening to my kids, specifically them getting hurt or dying, right? then I'm going to ask myself the question, when did this fear appear? And I, again, I'm just looking for its roots. So I'm going to actually name that time. The time was like, actually for me in this situation, I can literally know exactly when it started. It's when I first started loving my daughter. Okay. Once you've identified when you start, when this fear began for you, you are one step closer to seeing it really clearly. So after the question, where did this fear start? The second question I like to ask is what gift or what, what gift does this fear bring to me? Or another way of looking at that is what is this fear telling me? And oftentimes what the fear is telling us is pointing us towards something that we actually really care about. So in my example, it's telling me that I really love my kids, right? And I want them to live long, healthy lives. So, what's the opposite of, you know, that, and how I find that out is by looking at kind of what the opposite of the fear is. So, let's look at some other really common fears. Maybe the fear of getting older and dying. What is that telling you? That you are valuing living your life, you enjoy being alive. Or maybe it's telling you that you really value youth, you know? What is it telling you about what you value? Uh, Maybe you have a fear of getting a certain kind of sickness. What is that telling you? What is that fear telling you? Maybe that you value health. Uh, What if you fear a relationship ending? It's telling you it could be pointing that you value that specific relationship or maybe even a deeper thing that it could be pointing to is that you really value connection and you're afraid of losing connection. You're afraid of losing intimacy, right? So with relationships, um, I would say the first layer of the question is do you value that person? The second layer of that question is Is that you value love, right? So go as deeply as you can in answering this question. What is it when you think about this fear what is it teaching you about what you value and how deep can you go what else is it teaching you and maybe just taking a, a minute or two and asking yourself what is this fear pointing to the value again it's just one step closer to seeing it clearly okay so i really enjoy asking myself that question now this is where the magic happens guys and for me and we've talked about we've talked about the book uh, you've got dragons it's one of my favorite kids books and it's about really big emotions and how they're these huge dragons when you ignore them. Like they're huge. Um, but when you actually greet them and you look at them and you make peace with them, they become small again, right? There's actually a book I just read with my kids that I had a student recommend to me and I will, I will post it in the show notes as well, but it's called, I think there's no such thing as dragons literally based on the very similar premise that if you ignore something, it gets huge. And if you just face it and give it some attention, it gets small. So this, these questions that I'm, I'm telling you, it's the process of making the huge fear dragon small in the backseat of the car, no longer in the driver's seat, right? You're just feeling around it, seeing how clearly you can see it and seeing if you can make it smaller and put it in the backseat. So those two questions are really helpful. One, where did it come from? Two, what what is this fear telling me about what I value? And then guys, here is where the magic happens. Okay. And this is where, I mean, to me, it just, it just makes me so excited because this is where we really start gaining freedom. So this is where we realize once we have settled on what our fear is teaching us about what we value. The next step is to try on what it would be like to not be able to feel that fear. And I borrowed this this specific concept from the work of Byron Katie. But you're just literally trying on the feeling of not being able to feel that fear. So when I imagine parenting without that fear of something negative happening to my children, what happens? I feel present with my children. I don't feel foreboding joy, which is the thing that when you see how cute your kids are and you're feeling this wave of love, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, what if something happened to them? And it totally overshadows this beautiful moment of presence, right? So if I couldn't feel that fear, I would feel present. I would feel more joyful. I would feel free. And my love would deepen because it's in the present moment. Interestingly enough, from a quantum physics standpoint, A friend of mine who's an engineer told me that the opposite of fear in quantum physics, the wavelength, is love. And the opposite of love is fear. Not hate, surprisingly, it's fear. So, fear, our fear thinks it's being helpful. Our brains, our minds are creating this fear, thinking that maybe if we mourn about something ahead of time, it'll make if something actually happens, it'll be easier. But we know from Brene Brown's work and from personal experience that that isn't how it works, right? When something happens that's sad, we're going to feel the feelings no matter what. And no matter how much we felt the feelings or thought about how hard it would be, it doesn't take away how hard it's going to be. And I, I mean, I love Mark Twain's quote of, you know, I've experiment. I'm paraphrasing here, but... I've experienced so many troubles. Most of them never happened. So if we try to feel the negative emotions about every possible future thing that we have a fear about, we're going to cause ourselves so much extra suffering. I literally guys just yesterday talked to a friend of mine who had lost her son to a tragic accident, a freak accident. I mean, it was out of nowhere when he was 10. And she said distinctly, she remembers he had already died, and she was thinking about a time before that, two years before he had died, that he had almost died in, on a Lake Powell trip. Like There was a storm, and it was really scary. And she had this moment realizing she was feeling more suffering, imagining his possible tragic death. That was more painful. And when she realized, wait, I have actually already lost him in a totally different way. And I'm still here. I'm okay. I love him. And look how much suffering I can create in my thoughts about something and a made up story that didn't even happen. How often do we do that for ourselves? And it was this mind blowing experience for her. She realized how much suffering she causes with her own thoughts. And so think about this. How much suffering have I caused myself by imagining something that just hurts me, you know, hurts my heart? I imagine it happening. And how much do I allow that to take me out of the present moment? So when we try on the thought, who would I be if I couldn't feel this? If I couldn't think that, who would I be? Almost always for me, it comes back to, I would be more peaceful. I would be loving. I would be present. I would be free. So again, I'm not, for, I'm not asking you to make that happen. I'm just asking you to try it on and feel that little bit of freedom. Like, oh my gosh, I would be so much more present if I did it this way. Then the next step, and again, this is where for me, ah, it just becomes so much, like the magic just increases. This is where we can thank our fear and let it go. Because guys, the thing that the fear is pointing to, the reason why it thinks it's being helpful, it, it thinks it's trying to help us value something. But in reality, it is taking away from whatever it is that we value. So if it's taking away from me being present with my children, it's not serving me. It's not helping me value my children. If it's some disease I'm afraid of getting, I think that it's helping me value my health, right? Which is a gift. I can realize that it's trying to point that out. But then guess what? It actually, in the end, is not adding to my health because it's just making me fearful, right? It's putting fear into my body that I love, And we know that action driven by fear is never as strong or as long lasting as action driven by love. So we can say, thank you fear. Thank you for pointing out to me that I love and I value health. I am going to choose to put you in the back seat because you're actually not helping me. And I'm going to focus then on actually loving my body and doing things that are caring for my body from a place of love and not from a place of fear because I know that my ability to actually be healthy The thing I'm actually wanting increases the more I feel love from my body than if I'm carrying around loads of fear with me, right? Same thing with my kids. I am going to choose to see them from a place of love. And when I feel that fear come up, I'm going to say, hello, fear, my old friend, here you are. You're trying to tell me that I love my kids. Guess what? I already know that. Thank you. You're not helping me. So I'm going to allow you to get in the back seat. You can't drive, but you can hang out in the back seat. and almost every time I do that, the fear just goes right down. Right? It's amazing. So to me, it, it feels like freedom to me when I realize that the fear is not actually adding to the thing I value. it is taking away from it. and it makes me it almost gives me like some compassion for the fear, right? Like you're trying to be so helpful, but you're not helping me. So bye, you know, it's just for me, it, it's so liberating. so liberating. So that's that's the steps. And then in the meditation, there's actually a few more steps that we can do. If you want to really dive deep and release some fear, you can do this meditation I'm going to post um, later. I'm actually going to post it tomorrow. So if you're listening to this live today, this is episode 201. This is actually episode 202, sorry. Um, then I'm going to post tomorrow the actual meditation if you want to walk through a meditation to help you release the fear even more deeply. And if you're listening to this later, it's just literally the episode right after this one. So if you're looking, yeah, it would be posted the day after this one. So those are, the, those are the steps I love to do. Name the fear, just like you're naming a dragon. You name the fear. You ask yourself, when did this fear start? Then you ask yourself, when, what does this fear tell me about what I value? It's, you're recognizing its gift. It's holding out a gift to you and you're taking it. You're saying thank you. Yes, I see you. Then you, then you turn the key to the magic. And that is you ask yourself, who would I be if I couldn't feel this fear and feel that freedom for just a minute, that peace, that joy, that love. And then lastly, you look at how the fear is trying to add value, but it is not. You can love deeper. Your actions can be from a clear space without the fear. So it's where you've looked at the fear, you've given it lots of attention, and then you're saying, you're trying to help me, but you're not helping me. You're not serving me, so I'm going to stitch you in the back seat. So those are the the steps for processing the kind of fear that holds us back, not the kind of fear that warms us of danger. And when I say danger, I mean immediate danger, just to be clear. Almost all the fear we feel is about something in the future That's not the kind of warning I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. That's like immediate clear and present danger, right? This is like the kind of fear of like, well, what if this happens in the future? Because that sure can feel real, right? But guys, the future is not today. The future is not right now. So anytime it's fear about something nebulous in the future, then let's come back to the present moment. The last thing I want to focus on is another kind of fear. And this is the kind of fear that I actually have learned to love, okay? This is the kind of fear that just shows us that we're doing something that we actually should be doing, okay? So it's a third bonus kind of fear that I'm gonna talk about. And that is, so for example, um, I feel sometimes inside of myself, it's a feeling of drive and it's a feeling of inspiration of something that I want to do. I feel pulled, not pushed, I feel pulled. Um, the feeling of being pushed towards something is kind of like this external pushing. Somebody's, either somebody's pushing you or you're like telling yourself I should do this or you're kind of pushing yourself. That kind of, pushing doesn't feel good to me. Nobody likes to be pushed, right? But this pull I'm talking about is different. The pull is I want to do that and it sounds hard and it sounds scary, but I really want to do it. I'm feeling pulled towards it and it feels inspiring to me. It doesn't feel like something I should do or that I have to do. It feels like something that I really want to do. And often, sometimes it feels like a calling. Sometimes it just feels like inspiration—something that would bring me light and spark into my life. Okay, but the thing is, oftentimes the thing that brings me light and spark also are scary. <laughs> okay, so uh, seven years ago, I I did something that was really, you know, public. And I was inspired to do it because I wanted to help with the specific cause with this charity that I really felt strongly about. And it was scary guys. I mean, I was going out in front of a lot of people and really putting myself out there and it was so scary, but I felt that spark. I felt that pull to do it. Um, it was, and I ended up doing it. It was, and it was wonderful. It was um, an amazing experience way outside of my comfort zone. I ended up for a whole year getting a bunch of speaking engagements. Again, made me feel some fear, right? But I loved it. And every time I go out on stage, I would literally before I'd go out, I could feel this kind of like you know the heart beating fast, butterflies in my stomach, and I would just say, "Ah, oh, this means I'm alive. I am feeling this kind of fear and I'm gonna do this anyway. I'm gonna walk it on stage. I'm gonna give that speech. And it felt amazing, guys. It was literally, it was the epitome of the phrase, feel the fear and do it anyway, right? This fear is signaling to me that I am doing something outside of my comfort zone and therefore I love it. And just switching that in my mind, just that feeling before going on stage to I'm nervous, I don't like this feeling to this feeling is showing me that I'm alive was, oh my gosh, it was mind-blowing. It was so, so, so cool. So that, and that's still everything I wanna do, honestly, writing, writing can I write a book? That's really scary. But guess what? I can feel it. It's signaling to me that I'm doing something that's challenging me. I find that in uh, the hobbies that I do all the time. It's like this feeling of, I feel pulled towards this. I really want to do it. I feel inspired. It's kind of scary though. It's putting me outside my comfort zone. But that kind of fear, it's not only like a, I bow to you, fear my old friend, here you are. It's like a, Fear, oh my gosh, here you are. I'm so happy you're here. You're signaling to me that I am alive, and it t- changes it to like a dread fear to an excitement fear. And then it's just exhilarating. So, in your own life, I would just like you to kind of classify the three fears the really, really rare, rare clear, and present danger warning, which just, you know, you heed immediately, right? You don't invite the scary person into your house. <laughs> <laughs> or the person who you're feeling that feeling about, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever the immediate thing is. Sometimes, ooh, I do sometimes get that in my car where you get a very clear thing of slow down and then a deer comes out or something, you know? So that kind of fear we listen to, we say thank you, we move on. We don't we don't dwell on it. It just moves through us. The second kind of fear, which is the kind of fear that really holds us back in life is and the really common kind of fear is the kind of fear that's not helping us, is trying to be helpful, show us what we value, but it's not. And that's the one we ask all those questions about. Right? When did it come? What is it trying to teach us? Who would we be without being able to feel that fear and realizing that it's actually not helping us and letting it go? Okay. And the third kind of fear is the awesome kind of fear, but we need to learn how to reframe it to let it be awesome. And that is when we're doing something that is outside of our comfort zone, but that we feel pulled to do, we feel the fear and we do it anyway, and we not only put the fear in the back seat, but we actually give it a hug before it goes back there, because it's showing us that we're alive, and we're doing something that's challenging us, and we just see it as a gift, right? So those are the three kinds of fear, and I invite you just to kind of think about that in your own life, and if you'd like to delve deeper into that second kind of fear, and you'd like to do some really deep releasing, then watch for my meditation that I'm releasing tomorrow about that, and Yeah, guys, let's find the magic. I'm really excited to hear and please reach out to me. I'd love you to find me um, on Instagram, just at Taralyn Griffin and tell me if you experiment with this and how it goes for you. Because for me, it's a really liberating process. Okay, let's find the magic.
0: If you like what you heard today, please share this with a friend or loved one. This means so much to us and it helps the podcast continue to grow. And if this podcast has meant something to you, there are three things that you can do right now that will help us immensely. The first is to subscribe or follow us. And you can do that by going to our page, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then if you tap on the upper right-hand corner, there is usually a plus sign or a subscribe button. And just go ahead and tap that, and that will allow you to subscribe or follow us, which what this does is make sure that you never miss an episode, and it really helps us at Find the Magic. The second thing you do is share it with a friend. So if you like what you heard, um, send it to somebody or post it on social media. This does a ton to help our podcast continue to grow and for us to be able to make more episodes. And lastly, um, if you've enjoyed being here with us on Find the Magic, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star review. Um, We read every single one of those reviews and we appreciate them so much. And we want you guys to know that we feel that you, our listeners, are our friends, and we're so grateful. Thank you so much for sticking with us on this journey. We have loved it. So let's find the magic together.